of Stadium Cast, where two exhausted fathers blather endlessly about the competitive world of Pokemon Go and find creative new ways to insult each other. My name is AJ, and with me is my friend John, aka JR Honda, aka Mr. Business, aka Smasher of Sidewalks. No, I haven't forgotten, John. But how are you doing? I haven't forgotten either. You shoved me into that sidewalk. That's not over how a relicanth task. I tried to save you, but then I realized my life was more important than uh, going down with you in the fall, which uh, I don't know how many of our our listeners are aware of, but uh, it was a pretty spectacular fall back in uh, uh, Washington, D.C. It was a good time for me, anyway. Yeah, I bet Don't you still have your scar? Uh, yep. Yeah. There for life. Awesome. Well, today, aside from uh, John's spectacular sidewalk uh, crashing, we're going to talk <laughs> about the holy mother of updates, uh, including the throwback challenge. It's a daily research uh, challenge that Niantic's in- introduced. Cresselia new moves, Groudon new moves, move changes in general, and the future of Go Battle Lag. Coach Spotlight will be uh, having P- Caleb Peng sent us a recording for us and Kakuna's Corner. We're debuting that. We'll also be announcing the new tiers for Cliffhanger 3.0. So without further ado, let's get to it. Let's do it. The world of current events. What do we have going on in the game today? I mean, normally when we have current events, it is a short segment of the podcast. But today it's going to be like the bulk of what we talk about because there's been so many changes. Um, The throwback challenge is huge. The Kanto, Johto, Hoenn, Sinnoh, and then finally the challenge champion 2020 research quest um will introduce a lot of new changes that will affect pvp uh we're right now in kanto so that at the end of the kanto challenge you'll have the ability to get a research psi strike mewtwo yes it can be shiny and also shiny is the debut of shiny venonat and some interesting pokemon in seven kilometer eggs personally i'm not going to be uh using my seven kilometer eggs for this though. Yeah. I was a little disappointed. I hatched a batch of seven Ks today and I forgot that this egg pool had changed over and it's a little underwhelming for me. Uh, I have all of these shinies except for, uh, well, Tangela obviously because it's not shiny yet. Uh, shout out to Dave as always Tangela Tangela, uh, Venonat. Uh, I I think, you know, there's enough of those spawning in the wild. I'll eventually get that shiny, hopefully, or be able to trade for it. Uh, I'm sure Toshi's excited to get a shiny flappy bird uh, for his uh, drunk Toshi fights uh, late at night. And then I finished my research today and got a non-shiny Psystrike Mewtwo with, uh, eh, it was okay IVs. It was 15 attack, but 
I think it was like 15, 12, 10 or something like that. Oh, you got your Mewtwo already? Yeah. I finished yeah. that research pretty quick. It's pretty easy, honestly. It is. Because most of the stuff you can do directly from home. I think the hardest task in there was to battle in a raid, and I'm lucky enough to see a gym from my house. Uh, so I soloed an Alolan Raichu for that. And then the next hardest one was hatch an egg. So went out for a little walk, got that done. Well, that's nice. Yeah, I, I'm not interested in these seven kilometer eggs. I'm not interested in the XP bonus. So this is basically a leave the gotcha running in the background and just, you know, let my uh, gotcha spin the stop and catch whatever automatically. And then I open it up and I'm at the point where it needs to catch the psychic and fighting type, I think. And okay. If it takes too long, I'll just pop an incense and hope for the best. Johto is a little bit more interesting. There's going to be a Stardust bonus for catches and I believe eggs as well. And uh, so that will be starting May 8th. We're currently in the Kanto timed research. These are timed, so you have until the 8th to finish the Kanto, and then you have until the 15th to finish the Johto. And uh, it, it is it is a little bit more spicy, I would say. Ho-Oh gets Earthquake if you finish that quest line. Uh, and at fifty at the f- level fifteen, you have a very very small chance of getting a hoo at uh, great league eligibility. The problem is the floor or the the ceiling. I would say for hoo would be a three 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 IVs. That would be a fourteen ninety nine CP. So you can't trade it with best friends. You have to trade it with. What would be great or lower or um, yeah, because yeah. ultra would be three, so the chance you know chances are really really low of getting it with an ultra friend. You honestly want to get it with great or good, and even then it's a really really low chance. I mean, oh, even with earthquake anyway, though. Right, even with earthquake, I mean, it's still held back a lot by its fast moves, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah, Ho-Oh is a move rebalance or a, a new fast move away from being relevant, though. It's got great stats. It's uh, interesting in, in, in terms of typing. Uh, it just has to get the right fast moves, and then it might enter the zone of eligibility. The, I mean, it would be a problem, though, because for Great League, it's super hard to acquire Ho-Oh. So if it became too powerful... Then it'd be really unfair for a lot of players to have to resort to trading for a ho. Yeah, uh, shiny Dunsparce. I know that uh, certain streamer that's really excited about that. That would be uh, J Farms. J Farm, right? Yeah, J Farms. Um, gosh, what is his name? What is his name? Scrublord. Scumlord Dustin. Scum. No, Scrublord <laughs> Dustin. That's right. I'm sorry, Dustin. I just had to pick uh, at you for a little bit. Seven kilometer egg pool. Not that exciting, if I'm honest. Unless you're hunting for shinies specifically. It's got a pretty nice pool there. Uh, I'd advise, you know, to not bleep with the shuckle, right? That is a, <laughs> an opportunity there if you want to get the, the perfect shiny shuffle. I think uh, I think there's probably enough people that maybe didn't get a shiny Chinchow uh, because they didn't participate in the Liverpool event. Um, and even though the shiny's out, uh, I don't think many people are traveling to 
local nest. So it, it could be uh, an additional chance at getting a shiny chinchow and lantern still uh, holding its own in PVP. Um, you know, it got better a while back when they gave it spark. Um, so it's still a pretty viable choice, especially in great league. Oh yeah. I mean, lantern, a great option against the meta in GBL has great pairings against Registeel, against Azumarill, not that bad against Altaria since it got spark. So something, something to definitely watch out for. The Hoenn timed research event is where things start to get spicy because from, from May 15th to May 22nd, you can get a Groudon with Fire Punch. Groudon with Fire Punch is going to make huge waves within the Master League meta. Uh, there's some interesting uh, options there in the 7 kilometer egg pool. But frankly, I won't be opening too many 7K eggs. The half distance for eggs and buddies is what's more interesting. But Groudon, I think, is the real big incentive to finish the Hoenn event in a timely fashion. Do you think you'll be using the Elite Charge TM for uh, your Groudon? Or do you think you'll be powering up the one you get from the quest? Uh, it depends. I think if I get one with really good IVs, I may look at doing the one from the event to save the elite charge TM. Um, it could also be a best buddy. Uh, I'm not a best buddy, a lucky friend trade uh, candidate. So I have a good many lucky friends that are waiting to trade and I still have a good many Groudons. Uh, I do not have a hundo yet. So um, I generally don't grind for hundo legendaries. I probably will more now uh, if I have the time uh, with the necessity that it, you know, kind of warrants in Master League. Uh, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, it kind of all depends what comes out of that box that comes out of that encounter to see if it uh, if it gets really good IVs. Uh, some, some may want to do the shiny flex and do the trade and use the Elite TM uh, to get Fire Punch. I definitely think it's a definitely a good candidate uh, for the Elite TM. For me, I am almost positive that I'll be using an elite charge TM for Groudon if I decide to put Groudon in my Go Battle League team. Groudon is super interesting with Fire Punch. It was already pretty good. It was okay, I would say, with Earthquake and Fire Blast. The problem is Fire Blast takes too long to get to, and it's not a great coverage move if they sh- if like a Togekiss, for example, shields it. So it's not great in terms of baiting potential. But Fire Punch is great coverage against the things that Groudon already does well against, and it does well in terms of baiting. So it it increases its ability to dominate steel types, which is super important in the current Master League meta. It's a more convincing win versus Dialga in pretty much all shields. It actually has win conditions against Giratina, which you wouldn't expect. And it's closer than you might think with Kyogre just because Earthquake is a uh, neutral hit against it. And they both have the same stats. And it absolutely destroys Steel types and it has win conditions against Togekiss. So that is excellent coverage. It's, I think, going to be the ground type of choice. And it will dominate enough in the Master League meta that you'll see less double Steel teams. And Mill Metal is going to go down in stock as because of it, in my opinion. 
Yeah, I think every time they do one of these move rebalances or they introduce some, you know, meta shaking move to a particular Pokemon, it 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 does perform a shakeup, but not in the way that most people look at it as, oh, this is going to be the new best thing. All that really means is that other Pokemon are going to rise and fall in stock. Right. Uh, and that people are going to theory craft new ways to uh, really beat that. So I, I definitely see uh, Pokemon like Kyogre and Swampert uh, gaining ground in the Master League meta. Uh, I know I personally powered up my shiny perfect Swampert for Master League and then ended up not using it very much. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, but. Swampert is, you'd think, like on paper, it looks like a counter to Groudon. But guess what? Groudon straight Earthquake beats Swampert in the one shield. Yikes. That's how crazy Groudon's stats are. Groudon has the exact same stats as Kyogre. 225.2 attack, 192 defense, and 173 stamina. How does that compare in stat product to Dialga? It's actually higher in stat product to Dialga. Um, a little bit less attack, but uh, convincingly more defense and the exact same amount of stamina. So Groudon, although it has a very low damage fast move has really hard-hitting charge movement Earthquake. So straight Earthquake beats Swampert in the one-shield scenario. And you'd think, well, doesn't Hydro Cannon uh, come out faster than Earthquake? It does, but even with a super effective hit, Groudon can take it just fine. It has higher attack than Swampert in this league. That's uh, that's disappointing for my 2974 Swampert, but... uh, I know a lot of people um, I saw that were running Groudon were previously running Earthquake Solar Beam. So do you really still need the Earthquake to hit back against the Steel types when you have Fire Punch? Is it just for that nuke option or is there still any play for Solar Beam? Uh, I I wouldn't recommend Solar Beam in this meta. What are you going to hit with Solar Beam outside of Kyogre? Right. If you land a solar beam with Kyogre, congrats. You know, you 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 made it. But that's really it. You want the earthquake for closing power against Giratina, against Dialga when shields are down. You want it against the steel types when shields are down. You want it against uh, even Kyogre. It's a neutral hit with stab. And so the, it is important to have the earthquake. And fire punches there just for a low energy move when shields are up basically as a shield bait potential but also as a neutral or super effective hit against uh, many of Groudon's targets so in a situation where you might be up against Melmetal before you really had to charge up to the earthquake maybe hopefully charge up higher than the earthquake have a little bit of energy but most of the time, by the time you get out of that matchup, you're not going to have enough... Well, you're. it's impossible to have enough energy for two Earthquakes in a row. And on top of that, um, you might not even get to the Earthquake against the next Pokemon, right? Right. And if you did, they might just shield it. So uh, I my hot take with Groudon is it's not the best candidate for best buddy unless you need the candy. So that's why I'm walking it because I might as well get the candy while I need it. Uh, and over time I'll, I'll be able to acquire a little trickle reduces so, the amount of rare candy needed. So after 
hoeing. It it definitely couldn't get any better, could it? I mean, there's not. I mean, fire punch grout on. That's that's got to be it, right? There's nothing else uh, meta shaking, is there? Uh, definitely not. Sino will be another. Not as much of a, a meta shaker, but a little bit of a meta shifter. Mm. One hour incense, yucky egg, and star piece. So <laughs> that's there for you if you need it, uh, you filthy yucky eggers. But uh, grass knot Cresselia will be available. And more importantly, it'll be the first time that Cresselia will be guaranteed below 1500. Mm, some of you that might already have a Cresselia might uh, forget the fact that it took a few trades. Maybe some of you got it on the first trade. I got it in like 16 or 20 trades. So I had to grind quite a lot to get a Cresselia within the Great League eligibility. But this will be the first time that it's guaranteed for everybody. So basically anybody doing the quest, playing a little bit every day, will be able to get a Grass Knot Cresselia eligible for Great League. And, you know, uh, Cresselia is pretty good. In Great League. I enjoy using it quite a bit, but with Future Sight, Moonblast, prior to the newest update, it really is outperforming in Shields Down, but underperforming Shields Up. And John right now is showing me his exactly 1500 CP shiny Cresselia. I actually traded one with House Stark when we met up in uh, Philly and it went above the cap. So I was pretty sad about that. Yikes. Uh, It'll uh, never, it'll never uh, be an old story to tell uh, about the time I got this because I actually already had one that was under 1500 and I was trying to help uh, a fellow trainer. uh, My good friend, uh, M Tang also known as plebe Tang uh, because he is a dirty instinct player. No offense. Uh, (laughs) I'm a team mystic and we like to give the instincts a hard time, uh, but we're good friends. Uh, he is actually given me not only the 1500 shiny Cresselia, but also a 1499, very good IV spread Lugia. Yeah. Um, and both times he did not get the Lugia or the Cresselia so under the 1500 helping. cap. You're saying I was you supposed to be help helping. Him? I was supposed yeah. to be helping, but it turns out he helped me. So, so I'm going to not ask you for help <laughs> in your future. Uh, oh, man. But Cresselia didn't just get Grass Knot. It also got a rework. It was one of the Pokemon affected by the rework to Moonblast. Now Moonblast is a fairy-type Outrage clone in addition to a 30% chance of a minus-one attack debuff. So Cresselia, good. For sure. Definitely. Uh, it's a near one-hit knockout with Grass Knot against Swampert in Ultra League. Frankly, Future Sight is pretty good neutral hit. Moonblast is also a pretty good uh, neutral hit against the field or uh, super effective against Giratina. I might, you might see Grass Knot and you might see uh, just the traditional Psycho Cut, Moonblast, Future Sight in Ultra League. Although I do expect to see a little bit more confusion in the Great League. So both all moves are viable, basically, in Cresselia, except you filthy, filthy Aurora Beamers. You shouldn't be using that move. It's pretty bad. <laughs> oh, uh, man. Anyway, I had some notes here. It's uh, obviously a really bad matchup against Bastiodon. 
but it's a little bit better now with Grass Knot, so it's a neutral hit. It has win conditions that it didn't previously had against Defense Deoxys, Dugong, much better matchup against Lantern with the shield situations, and as well as Mew, it has a neutral hit that doesn't take forever to get to, and Stunfisk. So my personal opinion, Confusion, Moonblast, Grass Knot for the Great League, and Psycho Cut, Moonblast, and I wrote down Grass Knot, but I've changed. I've since changed my mind. I think other people have convinced me that Future Sight might be better for Ultra League. So we'll see. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't. I don't see how you can really um, just turn away that. I mean, really, especially if you're running Psycho Cut in Ultra League, that just hard hitting stab Future Sight with Cresselia, uh, I think is is very important to take, and it's also important to note. Um, the thirty percent chance on that moon plant, moon blast is moon plant. Yeah, moon plant. What kind of plants <laughs> are there in the moon, John? I don't know. I haven't been there. I'm pretty uh, sure the atmosphere is isn't very thick. I'll have to ask Brad Pitt because he's yeah. the last person I saw go to the moon on gotcha. Ad Astra. Um, but thirty uh, percent attack debuff on the opponent. Um, you know, recently they they made the changes, and we'll talk about this a little later to wild charge. Whereas a thirty percent chance to boost the users or debuff the user's defense, so this moon blast is now it's a little less uh, damage than it was before, uh, but now you have that thirty percent chance to reduce the opponent's attack, uh, mirroring the effects of mirror shot. Yeah, yeah. Basically, it's a. I mean, outrage is a decent move, but the added little bonus of the thirty percent chance. Honestly, I think the Moonblast was uh, an improvement for Ultra League more than anything else, but there are some players that will be affected by it. We'll talk a little bit more about it later uh, once we, we've mentioned the, the further updates down the road. As if that wasn't enough, the Champion Challenge. So if you complete all of the research, the daily research within the uh, Kanto, Johto, uh, Hoenn, and Sinnoh Challenges you'll be able to move on to the champion challenge. So that will include a Genesect in research for everybody, Galarian Stunfisk in the wild, seven kilometer eggs. I think this is where people will start to use their seven kilometer eggs because it'll include Galarian's Darumaka, Meowth, Stunfisk, and Zigzagoon. Uh, Well, uh, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of excited for Galarian Lanoon. Yeah, I'm really interested to see the movesets that they debut with these Pokemon. I know Lanoon is so um, versatile in the Great League meta right now with its moveset. Um, you know, you've got Shadow Claw. I think it knows uh, Grass Knot, Thunder, or Dig. Um, I think I've got one right now that's uh, rank 90, and I'm running Shadow Claw, Grass Knot, uh, Thunder, and I like to play around with it a little sometimes. And uh, you can hit back against those waters and also against the flyers uh, with that. And then Shadow Claw just enter- generating energy so quickly. Um, I'm really excited to see um, Mr. Uh, Gene Simmons himself in the form of a Pokemon. <laughs> uh, yeah. Galarian Lanoon, a normal dark type. So we'll see how that, that works out for it. It's going to be really move dependent. If they give it the Galarian Weezing treatment then not so great, right? 
don't get me started on Golarian wheezing. They just, if, if it just had a different fast move, it could be so good. Well, so I think good. it'll eventually get better moves. I think they were just like, it was almost like a tease. Here you go. Yeah. You can have it in your Pokedex. That's it. I'm interested to see if Obstagoon, uh, you, you probably don't know this, but uh, in Sword and Shield, Zigzagoon uh, evolves into Lanoon and then it has an additional evolution in the Galar region, Obstagoon. And I think they're de- actually debuting it. Um, let me double check that. Um, but what do you think of Galarian Darmaka and Darmanitan? Yeah, so I was actually going to ask you a little bit more about them because I'm not as familiar with them and how they work in the main series games. But I did look them, their stats up on Game Press just to make sure here. Galarian Darumaka and Darumaka have about the same stats. They max out at 1442. So with the best buddy and a you know a perfect Darumaka, you could actually get it to 1460. It would be playable in the Great League. The Darmanitan will be interesting both in, well, actually, you have normal Darmanitan, you have Galarian, you have Zen mode Darm, uh, Galarian, and you, and you have normal Zen mode. So you have all these different modes for this, uh, was it a, a fire type? But the Galarian is an ice type, if I recall. So right. that's interesting. So the Zen modes in the main series games give it a an additional typing. Yeah. Uh, and I I am not that familiar with Galarian uh, Zen mode, uh, but I believe Ice uh, fire. Zen mode. Yeah. yeah. Zen mode in the regular series makes it a fire psychic. Uh, and then in the Galarian form, it actually makes it a fire ice. Uh, so it maintains that original ice typing and then gains the fire typing instead of the psychic like it does uh, in the original uh, form itself. So very interesting typing. Uh, Really the only fire ice type uh, that I can think of off the top of my head. It's the only one. I will double check. Yeah. Yeah. I looked it up. Uh, You don't have to, if you don't want to, but it is the only fire ice type that exists. And that is an interesting thing when you're a unique typing then that makes you interesting and potentially relevant in a meta where you might have concentrated typings. So especially in a a meta dominated by ice types, if it's not restricted pick, uh, the would be Galarian Zen mode Darmanitan would be very interesting, but we'll have to wait and see what the moves are. I was thinking of the uh, legendary, I think it's, Volcanion, that's a water fire type, but that's a, a later generation. So, isn't there a bug fire type in this generation or the next one that's like Volcarona or something like that? Yeah, Volcarona. And then you also have in the newest generation, uh, Centiscorch. Yeah. So that's interesting, so, but we won't yeah. see, be seeing those until Niantic says so. So, so Galarian Stunfisk, any, any gains there, I guess, over the new. Uh, you know, toy of everyone in Great League with the uh, electric ground. This one's going to be more of a ground steel like Steelix. What do you think of that one? I mean, if it it can function like a Mud Boy, potentially, it'll yeah. still lose to other Mud Boys just from its steel typing. So it's kind of like a side grade to the uh, electric steel typing, but it's less unique because there are already other ground steel types in the game. So it really is going to depend on moves. It's bulky, 
So that it has that going for it. If it has Mudshot and Mud Bomb, it's going to be good. And there's going to be a meta where it's relevant. And resisting dragon types, resisting fairy types is going to be great. So it's just going to be a matter of, of the moveset that it gets. Steelix yeah. is kind of not... I think it's hampered by its moveset for sure. Yeah, I think uh, definitely if it gets either, you know, Mudshot or any type of fast energy generation with a low spammy charge move, uh, it will see some use in Great League. I think the rumor was that it was going to be running Mudshot, Mud Bomb, Flash Cannon, and then Mirror Mm. Shot to, I don't know, mirror a little bit. Or maybe instead of uh, Flash Cannon, uh, Heavy Slam to kind of mirror the moves that it has with the electric, the normal uh, version. But we'll, we'll have to just wait and see. Yeah. Uh, we talked about Genesect in previous episodes where we had, uh, both of us did the exclusive event where we were able to get a Great League eligible Genesect. And we thought that might have been the only one but it looks like Niantic decided to make it available for everybody outside of raids. So that's exciting. And honestly, no implications for the Great League. It hasn't made any ripples so far, uh, or any of the other leagues for that matter. But it does mean that Sylph will probably not ban it in the future unless it's overpowered because it's not behind a paywall. I think it still depends on, one, you know, that easy access to everyone. And then also on top of that, the new... Uh, drives and techno blast moves that they that we've seen in the code, um, and seeing how that performs, I think that'll be important, uh, especially if they're easily obtainable with the techno blast move, uh, with the different typings, or if it's you know something that requires an elite charge TM. I think uh, Sylph uh, does a pretty good job evaluating that now. You know, middle of well towards the end of season two. Uh, so kind of evaluating, uh, you know, really the accessibility and, and use of different Pokemon and movesets uh, to really provide a fair and balanced meta. Um, I think we saw that in Voyager. Uh, Forest Cup is, uh, we'll talk about that more. Um, but uh, yeah, I think Genesect uh, could be available for everyone and I don't foresee uh, any glaring issues with it being uh either useful or not useful in a great league. I agree. So with that being said, we have a new segment on the show this week that we are debuting. Uh, We are going to start having a coach spotlight. So uh, as many of you may know, we have an elite services division at stadium gaming. And uh, part of that is our coaching services. So uh, at our ultra and master or I'm sorry, elite ultra and elite tiers or elite and champion tiers. I can't get the words out Uh, at our top two tiers on Patreon. uh, We offer one on one coaching services. Uh, We're actually looking at some uh, really cool innovations to those uh, here in the near future. But right now uh, you can still check that out on Patreon. And uh, what we wanted to do is get one of our coaches each week. Uh, to do a spotlight. We'll also talk to our battle analysts eventually and maybe have them on the podcast to do a spotlight. So uh, without further ado, let's throw it to none other than Kalen Pong himself, our coach, Caleb Pang, the master of Skarmory double grass stat, uh, the envy of many and the 
just frustration of the world running into that strat in the grind to rank 10. Uh, let's throw it to Caleb Payne. Hey everyone, my name is Caleb Pang and I'm one of Ghost Stadium's coaches as well as a content creator on YouTube. You can find my channel by just searching Caleb Pang. I am mostly known for using anti-meta picks to break or reshape the meta either in Go Battle League or in Soul Arena and primarily I'm probably known for using Lugia in season one of regionals before people found out its usage in that meta or also uh, popularizing the more recent Skarmory and double grass line in Go Battle League for Great League. Um, so today I'm going to really talk about Go Battle League and specifically Great League for Go Battle League and kind of what it has to offer compared to some of the other leagues. Um, so in general, I really enjoy Great League over the other two leagues, mainly because it provides a wider range of meta compared to Ultra League and Master League. And so the thing I've noticed from playing Ultra League and Master League from the preseason and season one is really that Ultra League and Master League become very predictable in terms of what your opponents may have in their lineup. Ultra League can have a little bit more variety and stuff, but it's definitely has a lot less variety than Great League. And the Master League is very, very predictable because there's only so many viable Pokemons that can win certain matchups. And so I find myself often being able to kind of predict what the remaining two or last Pokemon is before even seeing it when I'm facing against an opponent. Um, but Great League, uh, it still is interesting because you can still have a set meta kind of like ultra league and master league where there's only about like maybe five to eight pokemon in rotation within the meta that most players use but you have much more options to counter them using kind of off meta anti-meta picks and um, unfortunately for ultra league that's possible to some degree but your options are limited and for master league that's pretty much near impossible. I've tried running non-legendary picks and just a lot of picks that people aren't using commonly and they're very hard to pull off because for Master League, um, some of the Pokemon that you're commonly facing, there's only so many Pokemon in the pool that can actually beat it, uh, no matter how creative you want to get. Uh, but specifically within Great League, you also have Shadow Pokemon now that can do more damage and they're much more affordable in Great League versus for Ultra League and Master League. Even if those Pokemon were viable, they're very expensive to create, uh, especially for Master League. And um, so unfortunately, that's just a hard thing for people to even test out in those two leagues. And then also within Great League, you have kind of lower level legendaries that you can use, or you can use higher level non-legendary Pokemon like Azumarill, Altaria, and Bastiodon to really add a lot of variety into the gameplay. Sure, some of these legendaries are very strong when they're maxed out, but at level 15, level 14, uh, they're much more easier to handle with some of the non-legendaries versus for ultra league and master league a lot of these Pokemon that are legendary have a huge leg up compared to some of the non-legendary picks. Um, also within Great League, there's a wider range of uh, movesets and matchups you have to understand. So you can use this to your advantage, especially if you're running anti-meta or running into anti-meta teams. And so obviously, like I said before, within Great League, there's kind of a set meta that a lot of people understand the movesets of. But because you can use some of these more fringe picks to counter the meta, it adds for more diverse gameplay in terms of different movesets being exposed, different matchups. Um, in Master League, there's only so many matchups you can um, have. And and, uh, you know, unless it's a really off meta team and just gets dominated, you don't really even need to worry about um, what, I don't know, like a Dragonair can do to Dialga, right? But um, in Great League, there's a lot more diversity there. Um, 
And so I would say it's harder to understand at first um, Great League meta and kind of how to play around the, all the different possible matchups compared to Master League and Ultra League. Um, I would say for Master League, a lot of people that if they have the Pokemon ready to use, it's much easier to understand when you're first starting off pvp because you know there's only so many things that can counter your Dialga or there's only so many things that can counter your melmetal um, but for uh great league there are a lot of things that can counter uh, altaria and a lot of things that can counter uh, registeel and so sometimes not knowing all those matchups can be a little frustrating at times but i think it's also a lot more rewarding once you have a better grasp at the different Pokemon matchups you can have in Great League. Um, I would say the, the other interesting thing about Great League as well is that a lot of things can influence what people use in Great League, um, such as the Silphorina Cups. And so they have those monthly clubs and a lot of them, the usage of certain Pokemon that you wouldn't usually uh, look into can really change how much usage is used in Go Battle League. So one example is Vigoroth was not really well known as a Pokemon that could be used much in Great League prior to the Jungle Cup last season. Uh, but since then, a lot of people have used Vigoroth as one of their counter users and um, anti-tank users and just kind of a generalist pick because of how strong it is and how much energy it can generate. Um, same thing with Skullbash Lapras. Uh, before season one of Mirror Cup uh, Regionals, no one really was running Skull Bash on their Lapras, but nowadays that's the primary moveset that you'll see on a Lapras uh, for Great League. And so um, in conclusion, I think that Great League offers much more create, uh, creative freedom in team building and diversity of matchups. And for me personally, I think it's a lot more fun, especially as someone that doesn't like to play set meta lines. I think there's a lot more chance to kind of mess around and be able to create a fun team that you can make work even though um, not everyone else is running it and unfortunately you don't have that same type of variety in master league and uh, not as much in ultra league as well so i hope you enjoyed my little uh, my thoughts on the go battle league great league meta um, if you would like to follow me for more content or information stuff you can follow me on my twitter at caleb Pang, or like i said before my youtube channel caleb Pang. Um, i usually try to come up with anti-meta picks uh, to kind of switch up and really diversify the meta and stuff uh, just so that we're seeing kind of different things in competition and in my opinion i think that's healthier for the pvp um, environment and uh, it makes everything more fun all right thanks for listening all right. Well, thank you, Caleb, for that fantastic coach spotlight. Uh, a reminder, again, if you would like to get coaching uh, or check out Caleb, check out those show notes and uh, get a link to his YouTube channel and also uh, our Patreon where you can sign up to be coached by Mr. Caleb Pang himself or any of our other fantastic coaches. So uh, we're we're coming up on season two in GBL, right? Yeah, so season two was announced and uh, supposed to start May 1st. And uh, we have some exciting changes coming up with it. So it started yesterday, right? Yeah, it should have started uh, yesterday. Have you been... What's that? What's going on? Are you doing that? We interrupt Is that our you? program to bring you this important message. Um, hey, what's going on? Apparently, apparently I, I just got notified that 
GBL season two has been delayed. Oh no. That must be because of all the people ranting about lag, right? It's our fault for ranting, right? Yeah, probably. Uh, we brought this on ourselves, people. Yeah. Once again, it's all your fault. Hey, but there's some good news. Yeah. Um, you know, speaking of lag, we almost did not have a sponsor this week. You know, we talked about preparing for the episode. We've been just raving. I mean, I thought I got a call from uh, all these different magazines wanting to do articles on us. And I just said, you know, look, we're we're on a really tight schedule. We've got to we've had to raise our rates on our ad copies. Uh, so it's very expensive to get an ad copy on this show now. And um, I got a call at the last minute from a very, very big company. And they just made us an offer that we could not refuse. So um, anyways, I, without further ado, I'll, I'll let you listen to this ad. See what you think. This week's episode is brought to you by IBM Cloud Gaming. Do you have a game experiencing debilitating server issues? Do you often receive rant-filled tweets towards your support account on Twitter? Do you have labs and are you Niantic? Then we have a product for you. With IBM Cloud Gaming Servers, you can, and I quote, ensure your players have the bandwidth they need to dominate with dedicated servers that reduce lag even when accommodating unexpected high player counts, unquote. That's literally what their website says. There are solutions for this. Just do it. Wait, wait, wait. This isn't a Nike ad, and yes, we're sure they're working on it. However, hashtag just saying. IBM Cloud Gaming. No matter what you're hosting, you'll get peak performance through sole access to the entire server. We'd like to thank IBM Cloud Gaming for sponsoring this episode. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so in several ways. Visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash ghoststadium. You can also leave us a review on your podcast service of choice. Or you can just keep listening to us blather on about PvP and argue with each other. Thank you for stepping into the stadium. And let's get back to the show. Damn, John, tell us how you really feel. <laughs> so, you know, we were talking about this and I uh, I saw a commercial for IBM and uh, about their cloud services. And I literally looked at their website and that's literally what it says. Isn't that it funny? says that their servers will prevent lag so that you can have your players, uh, you know, compete at the highest level and uh, it will handle everything even when there's high uh, player count. So I thought that was pretty funny because everybody's been talking about, you know, there's lag and uh, well, it's probably because everybody's playing GBL and everybody's battling because of the lower friendship. And so I just thought that was funny. We, I mean, we know they're working on it, um, but it, it really is. It's really a, a buzz kill, uh, for lack of a better term to for me. experience these I've issues. Been, I've been uh, pretty all right since, uh, reaching rank 10, I've been taking a little break played oh, when gosh. I felt like it. And, uh, I, what you, you ever seen that picture of, uh, the, that meme with Wolverine, uh, just padding the little picture. That's me with my, Pikachu Libre 
which I've called <laughs> JR Honda Sucks. I should start walking it if I didn't have so many buddies that I need to work on, but it's it's mine to cherish. So if I were That's local fine. to you, I would be putting it in gyms close by. <laughs> Can you even put it in gyms? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Oh wow. That's nice. What else is it good for, right? I mean it's not very yeah. it's not very special. And to meme your friends and uh play around with a I think Hal Stark maxed his out and played around with flying press, uh, but it's really just not much use yet. We'll see. Uh, uh, eventually, I think flying press is is actually a good move, uh, but using it on a Pikachu that cannot be evolved is probably not going to be very fruitful. Uh, we will wait for our glorious fighting bird, Howlucha, to come uh, later in the game. But anyways, uh, how has the lag been for you, like even in just regular matchups have you experienced um, it yeah i had i had some auto wreck battles i think i actually did some auto wreck for like an hour and a half with johnny and uh it we had we had some lag here and there but yeah mostly mostly i've just been seeing rants on twitter about it rants on uh just discord chats and stuff like that so i'm just enjoying it honestly because i'm not affected by it but uh, season two will have new rewards. There is uh, some differences in the reward tierings. I believe they've made it so that encounters are the first reward for premium track, and it's like the third reward for the basic track. Uh, mm. Stunfisk will be unlocked at rank four. Rufflet at rank 8, Scraggy at rank 9, and then at rank 10 you'll be able to earn a new pose if that's something that you're uh, really caring about. And uh, also Pikachu Libre will be available once again at rank 10. So Oh, rank 10. Okay. Uh, yeah. Maybe uh, maybe the pose will be a little less controversial. Uh, I yeah, know man. You've, what uh... is up with that pose? That is ridiculous. <laughs> Every time... So I, I, I haven't used the pose or anything because uh, I, I don't feel comfortable with that particular <laughs> salute in its historical context. But when I when I go up against trainers that are, you know, raising their hand up in the air without a without a Pokeball or anything in their hand, it, it's always like a little bit like, geez, that's well aggressive. <laughs> oh, man. I think from the anime, it's actually it is a common uh pose that you will see from many of the characters for when they you know throw their pokemon out of the pokeball and tell them to go into battle so it is pretty common but it does have a uh, a certain uh look and feel to it that uh kind of just gives you the 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 irks i'll say yeah uh, but uh <laughs> but, anyways uh, apparently at the end of season two instead of an elite charge tm we will get an elite fast tm which has caused so, some confusion. Some people, yeah. uh, there's been some rumors going around and hopefully we'll squash some of those is that um, people thought that you were getting a fast TM at the end of season one instead of a charge TM. No, you'll still get the charge TM here in season one, but you will not be getting a fast TM until the end of season two. Maybe you get some other things for community day. We just don't know. But as of right now, you're still getting the charge TM if you're ranked seven or higher, and you still have time because they've extended the deadline. Premier Cup is the other thing that's super interesting. Along with the Master League track, there will be a Premier Cup available for trainers that will 
have an unrestricted CP, just like Master League. However, no legendaries and no mythicals. Have you been looking into that at all? Yes, I have. Uh, unfortunately, I'm still met with my uh, just earth-shattering knowledge that I have. The level one perfect shadow Gallade, not Gardevoir. Um, Gallade does have play, but uh, in reality, I just I can't bring myself to spending. I think it would cost close to. 300,000 dust plus another 90,000 to unlock the second move and yeah, max isn't it, it out. Yeah, it's close to like half a mil to max a, yeah. a shadow from 1 to 40. Yeah. yeah. So just I leave it know. at level 1 and then maybe in a a level 1 cup you get to flex it or something. Yeah, that 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 probably will be. But I do have uh I do have a regular perfect uh, Gardevoir and uh, Gallade. So I know a lot of the hype is around the shadow versions of those. Um, but uh, I may end up maxing out the Gardevoir uh, because I think it still has some play with that charm damage, especially in uh, this sort of uh, first edition of a restricted style meta from Niantic. Honestly, I think it would have been more diverse to run this in Ultra League, but this is going to be a refreshing change for people that don't have access to certain legendaries. Some of the some of us forget this because we you and I have been playing since day 1, but there's people joining in on the game every day, so they might uh, feel a little less inclined to participate in leagues where it's required to play with Pokemon that aren't even available right now in the raids. So all of these are available currently. You can hatch a Beldum, you can hatch a Togepi, you can hatch any of these Pokemon or find them in the wild and evolve them and grind them up from 0 to 40. And also they're available... Their candy is more widespread, and their second move unlocks is a little bit cheaper than the standard legendaries. So overall, it's cheaper than the standard Master League, and I think it's a good alternative. It's still going to be really concentrated, though, so don't think it's like a, a super diverse meta just because we're removing legendaries. Dragonite's super strong, Togekiss is really strong, and the Steel types are very strong. So Metagross will be a very, very safe pick in this league. And Magnazone, believe it or not, is going to be a, a solid uh, steel electric type to be running in this. Especially with the new wild charge buff, right? Right, yeah. After the wild charge buff, it is being, it is able to dish out a ton of stab damage against the field. Obviously resisted against like ground types and such, but it can still have some coverage there with Flash Cannon. Although it's resisted, it's going to be able to, you know, do something against things like, I don't know, Garchomp. So anyway, that is worth noting. Uh, I'm not a big fan of things like Mamoswine, but uh, Swampert, I think, is actually a great pick here. So since you have your Shundo maxed out Swampert, I actually don't have a Shundo, but I have a Hundo. And I might be using that as well. It's a really solid counter to Metagross. It's a solid counter to Magnazone. 
It has play against Togekiss. So I think Swampert's going to be a really good pick here. I wonder, um, you know, Dragonite's a pretty hard counter to Swampert, especially with uh, the Hydro Cannon Earthquake set. Is there any reason to try and run it with Sludge Wave? You or still do you lose. really need? Yeah, you still yeah. lose. I mean, so. I would just accept that as a counter, just like you accept, you know, Dragonite is hard countered by Togekiss. Dragonite tends to run Hurricane along with Dragon Claw again for, yeah. for a neutral hit against Togekiss, but most of the time you're not getting to it anyway. So I don't know. Personally, I'm not sure. I'm not so sure about Dragonite as far as like whether or not I'll run it in my team, but I'm pretty certain that I'll be running Metagross and Swampert. So we'll, we'll just see how it ends up panning out. Yeah. I'll, I'll definitely check it out. I do have a Hundo Dragonite maxed out, double moved. Hundo Metagross maxed out, double moved. So I uh, definitely have some options there to try all of these out uh, and see what kind of cores we could find. But I think, you know, it's still developing. You know, we obviously we haven't started because it's delayed. So uh, we will probably get more information uh, and more data on that uh, once we start uh, getting that going. So uh, we were talking about uh, Magnazone and Wild Charge's uh, buff. So there were several moves. We've kind of talked about a couple of them. So what happened with Wild Charge? Yeah, so uh, within this PvP rebalance well, there's going to be a PvP rebalance with Season 2. So when Season 2 starts in 2022, we'll have Wild Charge, Moonblast, and Drill Run changed with their stats. And also, Palkia gets Aqua Tail. So all of those are big deal changes within all of their respective leagues. Wild Charge is now basically a electric type close combat clone. So when you use it, it debuffs your defense. So most of the time you're going to be wanting to charge it up to two wild charges and then spam those right away or switch out or whatever. Things like Alolan Raichu, Alolan Golem, even Mew are going to be strong contenders to be using wild charge in Great League. Obviously, Magnazone, Electivire, things like that will be a little bit more useful in Master League. And uh, then there's some spice picks. There's always room for spice in Great League. So Arcanine, Delcaddy, um, I'm seeing Nor- just Kanto Raichu, which has kind of not been super popular, and Raikou as well. So I'm thinking people running the uh, Raikou, might actually prefer the Shadow Raikou with Thundershock if they're choosing to run that in Great League. So that's an interesting pick there. Hmm. So uh, Drill Run is interesting because I've seen a lot of talk about Triple Legacy Seeking. You mean Triking? Triking. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Triking. That's what he's calling now. I've had my finger on the trigger with my double legacy seeking and just really debating whether or not to uh, add the second charge move and make it the triple legacy it deserves to be. Here's the deal. It is a phenomenal 
uh, Core Breaker Two. I'm, I'm you're seeing you're showing me a, a a screen there, but all I'm getting is glare. Did you <laughs> uh, did you TM it? I did not TM it yet. I do have the double legacy. I have Poison yeah. Jab Drill Run, um, but I do not have the Icy Wind. It's sitting here with Mega Horn. It is fifteen hundred on the dot. Me too. Yeah. It does have a decent spread. Uh, so I am, I have opened up the elite TM several times and looked at making the switch, but, uh, have not pressed that okay button just quite yet. Yeah, me neither. And the reason is it has favorable matchups against Altaria. It has favorable matchups against Azu and Registeel. Drill run buff made it into a ground type sky attack clone. I'm sure many of you are aware that sky attack is a phenomenal move. 45 energy, 80 damage, and 1.77 DP is nothing to sneeze at. And ground coverage is phenomenal, right? So it's basically crunch energy and sludge sludge bob damage. Uh, did I just say sludge bob? I think I did. Sludge bomb damage. So that's what I meant. And so it's now the third best ground-type charge move in terms of DP. So Seeking is really attractive because Poison Jab hits for super effective against Azu. It's kind of like a check to all things. But in practice, it's super hard to build around a team with Seeking because it's not nearly as consistent as something like Azu. Probably do a segment on Seeking once we get some more information. Uh, so definitely uh, keep your eye on that. Yeah, I'll be excited to dive a little bit deeper in a Sea King. I know Country Nerd, he's got his uh, Twitch stream going, and he's already pulled the trigger on his Tri King. So if you want to see that in action, definitely go check that out. I suspect it's going to be an interesting core breaker within Go Battle League, but not so amazing within Freestyle Open Great League. Uh, teams of six it's a little bit harder to build with it there there's other relevant drill run users watch out for dunsparce just kidding it needs a better fast move sorry about that uh scrub sorry dustin yeah but uh we also have a scavalier low-key a scavalier i think has gone way up in stock very uh recently right megahorn got a buff it's an amazing move on something as attack weight as a scavalier Drill Run is a great coverage move against most fire types that aren't named Charizard. So it has something for, for its hard counters. And it really only has a, a one prominent weakness, which is the double fire weakness, right? Yeah, so as Cavalier with this new buff and it's already very unique typing uh, and move sets, already having the previously reworked Megahorn uh, and being paired with counter, um, what league do you think it's going to have the most impact in? Because I've seen a lot of people talking about great ultra and master even. Uh, great league for sure. It's a really hard counter to shift tree. It's a hard counter to Ferrothorn. It's a hard counter to quite a lot of things. And it's a soft check to certain others. Uh, Ultra League, it's an interesting choice. And it certainly does appreciate the buff to Drill Run. But we'll just have to wait and see. I haven't dived too deep into how it performs in Ultra League. I've already seen it a little bit uh, already in Season 1. But I expect to see a little bit more of it in Season 2. 
And Master League, it's not so great, except that Premier League, it might be able to perform okay. Yeah, that's where I saw a couple of people talking about it with the legendaries gone, mainly the ghosts and dragons, uh, or at least a lot of the bigger ghosts and dragons from the legendary pool uh, that it could see some play. And uh, I'm very fortunate enough, you know, I was trying to help out a friend in Orlando. Um, His name was AJ. um, I I think he needed a trade just so he could evolve his Pokedex uh, Carablast into an Escavalier. And uh, turns out he gave me a lucky hundo. So, yeah, we were just randomly trading. I said, hey, do you have any Carablast? I just need to re-roll one. And he was like, uh, yeah, sure. And so he sends me his and it goes lucky. And so because it went lucky, it went above the Great League cap. So it's totally useless to me. And then his just went 100%. So. So you never know if you, uh, if you, you face me in Premier Cup, you may see the, uh, the lucky AJ Hundo Escavalier special. Uh, but anyways, uh, Talking about, we talked about Moonblast a little bit earlier with Cresselia, but there's a ton of other Moonblast users that uh, really either don't see much use or we haven't seen much use out of that move on them before. I think one of the ones that I'm most interested in is Clefable because you usually run that with Charm, uh, Meteor Mash, and Psychic. So what move are you replacing for Moonblast or are you replacing it with Moonblast at all? I wouldn't replace it so uh, so far. Uh, you know, you'd always have to look at the matchups, but Charm is such a hard-hitting charge, uh, fast move rather, that um, you want Psychic for coverage. You want, uh, you know, uh, that that uh, what is it? Meteor Mash hits things pretty hard, and it comes out fairly quickly, at least for a Charmer. So I think Clefable is fine where it's at. Not any big changes, but. Gloom certainly appreciates getting to the charge move a little bit quicker. Lunatone will appreciate it. Vile Plume, and whenever we get Whimsicott, that'll be interesting too. Very interesting. Whimsicott is a grass fairy uh, type, which is unique. I think there aren't any grass fairy types currently. I'm not sure if there's any other grass fairy types in the main series games, but it is so far suspected to be a charmer i think in the in the game master that was uncovered but don't quote me on that it's been it's a yeah, it's it'll a definitely late. be definitely be interesting to see that um and then the the last move that really got uh probably the most exciting i think um from what i'm hearing is wild charge is now a close combat clone so what do you think is the biggest winner with Wild Charge being reworked. In Great League, Alolan Raichu, hands down. Alolan Raichu is already pretty good. In fact, we are re-tiering it in Cliffhanger because of Wild Charge. Um, outside of that, Magna Zone and Premier Cup, certainly uh, pretty good. And uh, then it just kind of peters out a little bit. So we'll see whether Raichu gets a little bit more play, but... Overall, Wild Charge getting a rework was already a great move, but now it's an even better move. It's just a little bit less flexible because of that debuff. So the same way you'd use a close combat on something like Hitmontop or uh, Machamp, if you're running a close combat Machamp in, say, Master League or Ultra League, 
that's how you would run Alolan Raichu in Great League. So one thing that's important to note that's relevant to Forest Cup is because of the wild charge boost uh, or rework, Sylph came out and banned Raikou for the Forest Cup. Um, so we've had Raikou in the research breakthroughs, I believe. And so we have them that are under 1500 and pairing wild charge with Thundershock uh, and Shadow Ball is pretty darn good. So uh, do you think that was a a worthy ban or do you think maybe they just didn't know how much it was going to affect it and better be safe than sorry? I think it's a little bit more of the latter. I'm not in any of those discussions, so I, I wouldn't know, but I think it's it's mostly just a preemptive ban. Raikou with the Shadow variant is pretty darn expensive and the Thundershock Wild Charge combo is very oppressive and something's that glassy so i wouldn't i wouldn't be shocked if something like that would be a little bit too oppressive in the current meta for how expensive it is yeah i you know i think they are (laughs) they're really trying to not have another umbreon and ferocious cup situation yeah uh and uh, i can't really blame them because of really the uh i mean I still enjoyed Ferocious Cup, but it was pretty monotonous. You you just had to have Umbreon to win. It was almost the same lines of three over and over. So I think they're doing a good job uh, evaluating this and making sure uh, that you know they're they're more safe than sorry. They want to protect the original idea of the cup, the original meta that they had envisioned. Uh, so I think on those lines, they're they're doing okay. Um, do you think? Raikou will change its stock value any in Masters League. I saw some people running it with, you know, Volt Switch uh, in Master League, but I, I I have a hundo, but I just I haven't found a reason uh, in the Sims or any use scenarios that has made me want to max that out. I mean, Kyogre can just waterfall it down, so it, you know it's taking neutral from those that uh, waterfall surf combo. And Kyogre is so bulky that it can take at least one. I haven't simmed it since the rework, so that might have flipped that matchup. Electric type needed a little bit of a buff in Master League to actually be able to counter Kyogre, believe it or not. Just that's how bulky it is. But uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. On paper, the electric typing helps it in things against, you know, Togekiss it resists iron head from dialga it resists uh, certain key typings that are pretty prevalent like steel in the master league but the reality is many steel types aren't even running a steel type move no metal isn't running a steel type move uh metagross is the exception dialga is only running iron head but most of the heavy lifting is from dragon breath anyway so anyway uh, the bottom line is we'll have to wait and see with Raikou, but Wild Charge and Shadow Ball is, is no joke, especially now with the, the buff. I think another interesting thing that we may see is a Snarl Arcanine with Wild Charge. That could be pretty interesting. In Master League? Uh, no, not Master League, but just uh, in some Spice teams. Uh, probably you'll, you'll probably see it on a Jim Corn team, uh, maybe even that... Uh, Del Caddy as well. That's way too meta for a Jim Corn team. Jim Corn oh, team. Really? I'm expecting like a a Ponyta, uh, things like that. <laughs> you know, 
<laughs> yeah. So uh, definitely not going to run a Palkia then, especially now with the new uh, upcoming Aqua Tail uh, rework. Well, not really a rework, but giving it uh, that move set. Uh, Palkia now with Dragon Breath Aqua Tail is really going to be pretty interesting. Uh, what are we seeing in the data right now? Well, right now it is a Dragon Breath user that resists steals. So it you know, just kind of like Dialga, but the the niche is the dragon water typing. So that is interesting. It's a pretty hard counter to ground on, which is expected to go up in stock. And it uh, does pretty well against the field. It has win conditions, but if you sim it, just be very careful and remove the bait option to see if you, it's an actual reliable counter to the things that you're simming. Because the reality is, if you go for an Aqua Tail, and then you're able to go for like a Draco Meteor or Fire Blast, depending on what your second move is, then um, if you fail the bait, you you might have a totally different matchup on your hands. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of matchups and looking at Sims, we have another new segment that we're debuting this week. Uh, great friend of the show and one of my friends, um, he has done so much for the world of Pokemon Go, especially surrounding trainer battles. Um, our good friend Matt from PV Poke um, is going to head up the segment we are calling Kakuna's Corner. Um, so without further ado, we will give it to the uh, pun king himself, Mr. Kakuna. He uses Harden on a daily basis to strengthen the Sims. Uh, and make sure that you have the most reliable data uh, to make sure you are preparing your teams for battle. So we'll throw it to Matt, and uh, here's Kakuna's Corner. Hi, it's Matthew from PV Poke, and welcome to Kakuna's Corner. We're going to take a quick look into some trends in the last week from what people have been searching on the site and what people have been doing well with in training battles. First up, in the Great League, Azumarill is on top of the ranking searches, which should be no surprise to anyone, followed by Registeel, Alteria, Bastiodon, and Umbreon. Galvantula and Alakazam are both really high up in the searches, thanks to the event spawns that were happening last week, and also Alakazam's Community Day. If you've been playing Go Battle League, you've also probably run into a ton of Whiskash, um, maybe some Stunfisk here and there. Uh, Ferrothorn is also pretty high up on the searches. We'll see how these change over the next week. If you're interested in Silphorino's Forest Cup, uh, there's a very strong core at the top of the popularity charts. We've got Blaziken, Mantine, Ampharos, Ferrothorn, and Galvantula. All of these could be on a viable team, and it'll be really interesting to see uh, what anti-meta picks pop up in the next week as we get set to start some Forest Cup tournaments next weekend. All right, who's excited to take a look at some training battle data? On the site, there's a train feature where you can pit your team against a CPU opponent, and I keep track of performance data for teams and Pokemon. So in Go Battle League, some of the top-performing Pokemon are Registeel, Tropius, Deoxys Defense, Meganium, Altaria, and Azumarill. All big names in the Great League. And a lot of the top-performing teams are pretty much combinations of those Pokemon. Uh, you've got 
uh, you know, your very typical Alteria azumarill registeel. Uh, there's also meganium registeel skarmory. If you're looking for a consistent team to dive into Go Battle League with, uh, it's really hard not to recommend these big meta picks. Now, if you're more on the anti-meta side, a couple picks I'd like to focus on are Lapras with Ice Shard and Skull Bash, putting up pretty good numbers uh, with teams that tend to win on average. Uh, we've also got Haunter with Shadow Ball and Shadow Punch, also doing very well. And Stunfisk may be a Pokemon to look at. It can break up the Azumarill and Registeel core, although the Azumarill matchup can be a little iffy depending on IVs and energy. Well, that's all for this week, so stay tuned for more of Kakuna's Corner. All right, so thank you, Matt, for that wonderful segment. Uh, We will hear back from Matt next week. It's important to note uh, that was recorded before some of these updates uh, were released, so keep that in mind. I'm sure we'll have a lot more data and a lot more insight next week. Uh, Be sure to check out his Patreon Uh, in the notes um, he gives these meta insights early to his patrons Uh, you get a lot uh, for that and he could really use the support he pays for his site uh, completely out of his own pocket so any of that support helps him be able to coverage the cost of the site and continue to innovate for the world of pokemon go pvp so speaking of innovation and speaking of mr pv poke himself He is on our Cliffhanger meta development team, and we have Cliffhanger 3.0 rolling out today, uh, yesterday, for those of you listening to the podcast, uh, or, you know, whenever uh, you you listen to the podcast. So let's talk about Cliffhanger 3.0. Yeah. So Cliffhanger, brief overview, it is a four-tier format with point-based team building. So you have 17 points available. It's a team of show six, use three in the Great League. And you go all in in a top tier option of spreading your points evenly across your team. So there's tier zero, tier one, tier two, and tier three. And they're each worth different amount of points. You cannot go over 17 points. So things like Azumarill, Altaria, and a few others are nine points. Once you pair them with a tier one, so that would be five points, right? So things like Bastion, now uh, Hypno, Meganium, things that are pretty good against a wide range of things are in the tier one, and then you're even further limited in points. And so you might have to be restricted if you pick heavy hitters like Altaria and Bastion in using more zero point picks in the tier three option. Uh, We rework this regularly. There's a huge team of people that work on this and we discuss and we argue and we fight and we yell at each other sometimes, but we get it done. And some of the considerations we have in tiering these is dominance across the field. Think Azumarill, Registeel, Altaria, right? Those are dominant picks across the field. We look at core accessibility. So, for example, Tropius used to be a tier one, but because Tropius and Bastion together was too strong, we brought it up to tier zero. So people would be a little bit more penalized for running that that core. And we look at the performances. YTX Pikachu, he uh, 
compiles the performance stats on all Ghost Stadium tournaments that use the cliffhanger format. And he looks at usage. We look at uh, their actual performance and their win rates. And we look at that very carefully. And I don't think we've ever breached 35, 40%. Uh, that would be really high for cliffhanger usage. But things like Alolan Marowak have been moved up a tier because the usage was too high. So we do react to that. And then we also look at dual role Pokemon. So things like Tropius, again, is a flyer and grass type. So we look at additional considerations and we just, we have a discussion and then we end up voting on it. So so as a summary of the changes for this 3.0, we had uh, several promotions. Uh, Ferrothorn has seen a huge rise in stock, um, especially with its versatile moveset, um, ability to kind of, Kind of break up that uh, Azu Reggie core uh, has a way to hit back with Thunder if you're running Thunder. Um, also has play against Altaria if you're running Flash Cannon. Uh, Alolan Marowak, Cresselia, Gardevoir, uh, Jumpluff, Sunshine Cherum, Alolan Raichu, Regular Raichu, and Raikou have all been promoted uh, to new tiers. Uh, so keep an eye out on those. And then some notable demotions. Uh, Lucario, Hitmontop, and Steelix have all been demoted as well. Um, I heard that Lugia was a close call. Is that correct? Yeah, it was one vote off, actually. Steelix was two votes off. Things like Lucario were unanimous votes. So, yeah, Lugia was was really, really close, and it could have gone either way, but it's staying in its Tier 2. I believe it is Tier 2, yeah. And it was really between, I think, going between Tier 1 and Tier 2. Is what what it was juggling back and forth with. So it's staying in tier two. Um, there, there's different rationales, and we won't go into the f- you know full depth of each nuance of each decision. But it is a really interesting discussion, and I have fun being a part of that team because things like uh, Ferrothorn, we look into it in depth before it's relevant in a cup, and then we're kind of a little bit more familiar when it comes around time to use it in a self cup. Uh, the interesting one, I think, was Cresselia. With Grass Knot, it's not Tier 1 worthy, but we're preemptively putting it in Tier 1, looking at the matchups of Grass Knot and Moonblast. So that versatility really gives it a lot of different options in the Great League. So that's why it's Tier 1 currently, and it was Tier 2. Yep, so uh, our meta team will continually evaluate this format to ensure that it is fair and balanced um, and ensure that we are keeping up with all of the changes that we see uh, from Niantic. Another important thing to note is uh, we saw that it was asked earlier on Twitter by our friend uh, MathMagic10 on whether these are regular forms, shadow forms. Uh, this These tiers apply to all forms of that given Pokemon. So. Uh, for instance, tier two Zapdos, that includes Shadow Zapdos, Shadow Zapdos, and Shadow uh, and regular Zapdos. So uh, keep that in mind as well. Um, I have to say uh, just a huge shout out to that meta team uh, for working diligently to get this done uh, and put out. Uh, we're going to have not only more cliffhanger tournaments, but also team cliffhanger uh, is in the works uh, for a team cliffhanger style tournament. 
so keep that in mind. New ways to challenge you, uh, not only as a player, but also as a team. Um, some challenges that we've had uh, just in creating this format is uh, our very own Polymers Up has been lying to us for a year, uh, acting like he doesn't know how to make graphics or anything, and he created this all himself in Adobe Illustrator. So, um, you know, just our staff's amazing. You know, they hide key skills from us uh, sometimes, and uh, it's it's pretty funny. Uh, he sent this in the channel, and I said, uh, hey, Justin, who who made this graphic? He said, oh, I did. I, I made it in uh, Adobe Illustrator. I said, wait a second. You designed the new cliffhanger logo, and you made this graphic, and you've done all this, and you've never helped with graphic production before. Yeah, yeah, I know. I just forgot to tell anybody. Forgot to tell us for a year. Okay, Justin. Okay. Well, uh, we see you. We see you, buddy. In his defense, un- overworked, underpaid. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, me. So, are you excited to see uh, some of the new cliffhanger teams with? some of these new placements. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited. I think Alolan Marowak was a little bit too dominant, not game breaking per se, but it was a little bit too present in the teams last time around. So this is a constant rework evaluation. And, you know, we just, we're, we're constantly looking at the new updates. We're looking at the performance numbers. We're looking at feedback from players. Sometimes we get feedback on Twitter even on the Silf Arena subreddit or on Discord, people just giving us uh, different comments and critiques. So I think uh, Uxie, for example, was one that uh, wasn't tiered in the same place as Cresselia back when it was a tier two. And we changed that through user feedback. So your feedback is appreciated. Yep. Uh, so anytime uh, you want to reach out to us, uh, you can do so in the Discord itself. Uh, invite.gg slash ghost stadium. Uh, you can reach out to us on Twitter at ghost stadium PVP. Just tag us or shoot us a DM and uh, we'll get back with you. Um, anything else before we wrap up? Uh, no, I think that's all I have. Uh, thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. All right, guys.